we don't believe it. He is not that kind of person. Domingo's been banned at opera houses in the U.S. His charity performance at Madrid's Teatro Real last night raised money for the Red Cross and for COVID victims. S&P futures are up 10, Dow futures ahead 149. This is CBS News. CBS News Radio is your home for breaking news. With our team of reporters around the country and the world, we give you the coverage you can trust. At CDW, we get the people who need to sign here aren't always here. Tell me about it. I'm always chasing down signatures. I go through pens and shoes like chewing gum. Sounds like you need Adobe Sign orchestrated by CDW to securely automate e-signatures and workflows across devices from anywhere. Integrating with existing tools, Sign can save your organization time, money, and miles. Thank goodness I can finally take these shoes off. No, no, no. Back on, back on. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash Adobe Sign. Jess's 30-minute bike boot camp? I guess it's that kind of day. Are you ready for a total body workout, Peloton fam? I am. We'll start the class on the bike and then move to the floor. Let's get it. With Peloton instructors right in your home? Are you feeling it yet? Let's keep pushing for five. You have four. motivation that's ready when you are. Clip off that bike and meet me on the mat for lunges. I got this. You showed up today, Peloton. Who's feeling sweaty and strong? Definitely me. Tap into your motivation at OnePeloton.com. A young baseball star is making serious accusations against MLB. Mets slugger Pete Alonso goes deep. It's out of here. Pete Alonso strikes again. He homered in New York's win over Baltimore on SNY, then sounded off when asked about baseball's crackdown on pitchers and the use of sticky substances. The biggest concern is that uh, Major League Baseball manipulates the baseballs year in and year out, depending on the free agency class or guys being in an advanced uh, part of their arbitration. The implication that balls are friendlier to hitters in a year when top pitchers hit free agency and vice versa. Steve Kathan, CBS News. It all began with a sex tape. Where's Kim? Kim is always late. After 15 years of fashion, flash, and plastic surgery, Keeping Up with the Kardashians ends with a series finale on the E! Network tonight. The family is working on new shows for Hulu. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. It's all about the nose. It's your air filter, the first line of defense against bacteria and viruses. If too many germs get stuck in your nose, guess what? You get sick. That's why it's so important to keep your nose clean, just like washing your hands. Nasal irrigation gets rid of germs by rinsing the nasal cavity, but neti pots are hard to use and, frankly, kind of gross. Now there's a better way to keep your nose clean and help your body protect itself. It's called Navage Nasal Care. Navage uses powered suction to flush out allergens, mucus, bacteria, and viruses. Millions use Navage for fast, all-natural relief from sinus congestion and allergies and to breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. Navage is easy to use, affordable, and comes with an absolute guarantee of satisfaction. You wash your hands and brush your teeth every day. Now it's time to start cleaning your nose with Navage. At Navage.com, CDS, Walgreens, Bed Bath, Target, and Rite Aid. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Summer is in full swing. If you think you're hot, well, so are your trees. You can help your trees by watering them, especially if they're newly planted. During the hot, dry summer months, your trees could use a water boost. Watering new trees a few times a week will help them survive while they're developing their root system, so don't forget about them. 
To find out more about watering trees or to find a certified arborist near you, go to treesforohio.org. That's trees, the number four, ohio.org. Hi, it's Randy and Boots from the Auto Smarts Radio Network. And why should you listen to our show on this station? Well, Boots is a man of many talents and has knowledge you won't believe. Just listen. Hey, Boots, what's your favorite thing to talk about? Cars. Rick Ocasek was the lead singer of what band? The Cars. What was Gary Newman's biggest selling song? Cars. Who was the all-time leading scorer in Notre Dame basketball history? Car. That's right, Austin Carr. Anything you'd like to add? Cars, cars, cars. 57 Chevy. Cars, That's Auto cars, Smarts. Friday cars, afternoons cars, at 106 cars, on 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. That's a 57 Chevy. Cars, cars, cars. Since 1921, Oblenis Hospital has been part of the fabric of Southeast Ohio, sharing in the healthcare journeys of our friends and neighbors. And since becoming part of the Ohio Health family, we've proudly continued that service through investments in a new ICU, primary and specialty care services, and an expanded emergency department. Learn more about our commitment to expert care in our community at ohiohealth.com slash 100 There's a lot going on right now, and broadcasters are on the ground covering all of it, bringing you the weather, the traffic, and breaking news, all while entertaining you 24 hours a day. Someone needs to tell you what's going on around the world and in our hometowns, and that someone is us. We are free radio. We are always there. We are broadcasters. Visit wearebroadcasters.com or text radio to 52886 to learn more. Furnished by NAB and this station. This is the sound of a popular American motorcycle. It's the sound of freedom, the open road, really good times. And this is what it sounds like with a drunk guy in it. How do you like the sound of that? Cops are cracking down on drunk motorcycle riders. If you ride drunk, you will get caught and you will get arrested. Drunk riding. Over the limit, under arrest. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Transportation. You good? Anything you want to talk about? Here if you need me. Just want to check in. Appreciate you. Everyone feels less than okay sometimes. They may not want your advice but they may welcome your ear. Be present is a simple but powerful way to be there for others, especially now when many are separated. Help teens and young adults find their power, conquer the difficult times, and get to a better tomorrow. Be present, Ohio. Sponsored by the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation and aired in cooperation with the OAB and this station. What in the world is going on now? Find out every weekday at 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. on the World News Roundup from CBS News Radio and on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH What happened to that sunshine? Oh, well, we're expecting some rain today. Going to get up to 84 degrees, showing 73 right now. Hey, we got a special edition of the party line this morning. Becca Brody's joining us. She's a professor at Ohio University and... You know, there's so many topics covered over there, as there should be. But this one might be a little more interesting for most of us. 
And in a word, I just want to say insects. That's right, insects. Good morning, Becca. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Welcome. I, I you know, I got to looking at, uh, you know, your biological sciences and all that stuff. And, and But then as I drilled down, you really have a fascination in insects, right? I do indeed, yes. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's find out a little bit about your background. So where, where were you raised? Uh, I was born in Buffalo, New York and raised in Rochester, New York. Okay. So upstate New York area. And uh, your parents' backgrounds? My dad, also from uh, the upstate New York area, he was an architect and worked at Kodak for over 30 years. Now, okay, Kodak, you think of photography and that sort of thing. That's right. That's right. And an architect at Kodak? That's interesting. <laughs> tell, me, yeah. tell me how that works. Uh, well, I think in the beginning, Kodak was building... Uh, Building all kinds of uh, expanding a expanding lot, a lot. Okay. but then um, at some point, you're right. They started to just, you know, they weren't doing well. So I think at the end of my father's career, he spent a lot of time getting rid of buildings, downsizing, <laughs> and <laughs> implosions, if you will. So wow. yeah. Well, not too many architects get that opportunity, you know, <laughs> no. to uh, deconstruct. But um, what about uh, your mom? Uh, and my mom, she was a, a secretary at Bosch and Lom, mm-hmm. which is a, a lenses, a right. sunglasses, microscope, uh, all kinds of, of glasses, yeah. all That's all correct. sorts of um, glass, particularly glass lenses. That's yeah. right. Well, um, you have brothers and sisters. I do. I have two <coughs> brothers and a sister. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and and are they older, younger, what? Uh, two of them. I might have an older brother and an older sister. Um, and I have a younger brother, but he likes to call me his little sister because he's actually, even though he's younger, he's, he's, they're all bigger than me. Well, I'm, I know how that is. Yeah. Um, being 5'5 five, five myself. Yeah. So, um, you know, what, um, let's see here. What, what, what were some of the activities you were involved in as a young person? Oh, well, one of my favorite things, and, and probably the reason I'm an entomologist, uh, I, I grew up on Kinesis Lake in the summertime. We spent a lot of time out there, so water skiing, yeah. uh, boating, swimming, uh, all kinds of fun stuff. So uh, that's where I spent a lot of my time, you know, fishing, looking for bugs, flipping rocks, <laughs> all that kinds of stuff. Well, three out of four of those things would suit me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Flipping rocks. I mean, I'm not sure I was into that. Oh, you got to try it. You okay. got That's where all the good insects are underneath well, the rocks. We'll do it sometime. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, all of this started to lead to development, and and by that I mean, what were you going to do in life? And so, education became a big part, right? That's right. Yeah. And and you started where? Uh, I started at SUNY Oneonta uh-huh. uh, in Oneonta, New York. Uh, and one interesting thing is I actually, one of the big pushes when I chose to go to university, uh, I wanted to play field hockey. So I actually was on the field hockey team at SUNY Oneonta. That was, <laughs> you know, you, you leave to go to college at 17, 18 years old. And, and that was really how I chose where I went. Uh, but when I got there, I really fell in love with biology and ecology and learning and academia. So, so. there really wasn't a prior um, interest in that area. 
Uh, no, I mean, I, I always enjoyed the outdoors. Yeah. I was always curious, uh, but I didn't know how much I really loved learning until I got to university. Well, that's kind of neat. Yeah. So, um, let's see here. Um, let me get your uh, paperwork out here. We've got um, biology and chemistry minor as your undergraduate degree. That's right. And then your master's degree is in entomology. That's right. Entomology, uh, folks, is insects, right? That's right, the study of insects. And then you've got your doctoral degree mm -hmm. uh, up in Canada. That's right. And uh, did you focus that too real tightly, or, or was it more general? Uh, nope, that one is in biology, but my thesis is on uh, insects, okay. so chemical ecology and entomology. All right. Well, let's get right into it. Okay. First of all, you've been in Athens how long now? I've been here since 2016. And uh, how's it suit you? Oh, I like it here. Yeah. I like the small town feeling. Uh, it's a great place. Everybody seems really nice here. We've, we've really fit right in, um, and we enjoy it. Now, weave. Who's weave? Well, I came here with my family, so uh, my husband, Virel Popescu, uh, he also works at the university, and my son, uh, Tavi Popescu. Well, Tavi's actually in the studio with us observing this morning. That's right. I, w I was about to mention that. I wasn't sure if I should, but he well, is course. here with us. Yeah. Uh, and he's also a budding ecologist. So. Oh, he really? Yes, he is. Uh, ecologist. Now, that's not an entomology person. That's that's the whole thing, right? That's the whole thing, yeah. He loves going out in the field with his father. He loves you know, going to the lab and field with me. He also loves flipping rocks, so budding uh, ecologist. Okay, yeah. now, now he, forgive me. I've had your husband on the air, I think, over the years. Uh, what, what's his focus again? Conservation ecology. Okay. So he's probably well-known in the area for his large carnivore work, specifically with the real uh, bobcats of Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, there's so much talk recently about all of the, uh, oh, what do you call us, uh, wild dogs? Um, the coyotes? Yes, yeah, thank you. Yeah. And uh, other things. Um, I've got some close friends who are raising cattle and things like that. Mm -hmm. And um, so I hear these amazing stories that, mm -hmm. that you know, how the, the uh, not the abundance, but the increased population of of coyotes and things like that. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, let's uh, let's stay on track here, Palmer. Now, um, I in a word or mm -hmm. not a word in a in a, f a series of words. Okay. What is an insect? Ah, well. We identify an insect uh, by the way it looks, so it's going to have three body parts or three segments, uh, usually wings, are. but not always, and six legs, so three pairs of legs. Six legs and wings. Well, usually wings. I I'd stick with the three body segments and six legs. Okay. So if I were to give you a millipede, if you can think about a millipede, is that an insect? I, I can't think about a millipede. Okay, I, I, don't, I can't even picture one. All right. How about a slug? Can you picture a slug? Yeah, yeah. All right, is that an insect? I'm quizzing you. I don't think so. No, it's not. Uh, let's see what I else. I think of it more as a wormy sort of thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. Now, how about an ant? I would say yes. Yes, you'd be right. You'd be right. Now, 
But I'm not familiar with ants having wings. No, that's why it was kind of a trick question, because sometimes they don't. Uh, but sometimes they do. So if you think about a queen ant or something like this, they're going to have uh, a pair of wings, okay. two pairs. So <clears throat> um, do you have a favorite insect? Oh, boy, that's a trick question. Oh, gosh, it, mean really, it, to be. it really depends on the situation. Um, I love beetles. So I guess my favorite beetle would be the Rosalia alpina or any kind of longhorn beetle. No, like Ringo? Like Ringo? <laughs> no. Not that kind of beetle. I don't know what, a, what Ringo is. The Beatles? No. Or it was a rock and roll girl. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still thinking about I, the real insects. Yeah, I know. Ringo. Uh, Ringo Starr. Yeah, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. No, okay. okay. Sorry about that. No worries. Okay, so uh, the beetle. Yeah. And, and why does the beetle uh, capture your attention so? Oh, I just think they're so charismatic with these really long, beautiful thread-like antenna, and they can be all different kinds of colors. The Rosalia alpina, the one I, I'm referencing, is um, native in Europe, and I find them uh, when I'm in the field in Romania, and they're this beautiful blue, light blue color. Okay, now here here we're going with travel. You're, uh, so as an insect lover and and explorer and biologist, entomologist. Uh, I finally got it out. Um, you got a lot of travel? I do, yeah. Well, now, I, I'm looking at your CV, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, folks, that's a curriculum. How do you say that? A curriculum vita. Okay. Yeah. Um, you. It's nine pages long. <laughs> Of and it so in single space, folks. Okay, so every article you've written mm -hmm. that's been published, and every I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And I mean, when do you have time to be a wife and, and mother? I have time, I manage. Um, so the interesting thing about a CV, this is really common for academics to have these very long CVs with all these detailed things about what they do, um, where most people are probably familiar with the resume, which is just two pages. So it, it can be a little intimidating, sure. Well, now, so we, what we say, 2016, you moved to Athens with your husband. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think of it? Of Athens? Yeah. Oh, like I said, I love it here. You know, I love I love this town. We're really, we found a, a, a home, a place for ourselves. You know, you mentioned all the travel that I do. So before this, we were, I guess maybe this is pretty fairly typical for academics, but moving every two to four years. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is the first place that we've lived at for longer than four years. And, um, and uh, you know, are you, is you getting the itch to move again, or do you think you've no. really settled down? No, we've really settled down. We uh, bought a home here. We have kind of a, a little farm. We've got chickens and uh, two dogs and all this space. And, you know, my son is heading into the sixth grade and, and making friends. So, no, we're, we're settled. We're going to, we'll be here. And, uh, well, that's cool. Yeah. Okay, now, um, not too long ago, a couple of years ago, I guess, uh, Ohio University has a list of, of different people on their payrolls mm -hmm. that are newsmakers. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And you were placed on that list. Now, that, you know, you're an in, uh, your interest is entomology, insects. Th- that's right. What got you featured so? Well, the way that I explain it, so entomology is a huge field, right? And the very focused part of entomology that I do and, and what I kind of, the way I explain it to other people is I talk to bugs. So in the way I do wait, this wait, is... Wait, wait, wait. You talk to <laughs> bugs? That's right. It's my, my eleva- elevator pitch that I give people. I talk to bugs. So communication pathways. And, and so folks out there, you might be familiar with pheromones. Um, so a lot of insects do use pheromones and, and communicate with each other or find resources using chemistry. Um, so that's one way we do it. Help, but... help those that don't know what a pheromone is. Okay, well, a pheromone is... a a compound, a chemical, if you will, that the insect will produce right. to attract other members of its species. And, and usually a pheromone, by definition, is to find uh, a member of the opposite sex, right? So now, uh, for so, mating, for romance, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Romantic bugs. Romantic bugs, now, yes. That's um, how they find love. The pheromones, as I think of it, is primarily a scent or a, an odor. That's right. Um it's not uh, a word or a sound. It's it's a an emission of a certain. It's a smell. Smell. Yeah. So they're going to use these antennae. And I mentioned earlier, my favorite insect are these longhorn beetles with this really long thread-like antenna. And so what they're going to do is they're going to use these antennae to be able to smell out the pheromone of the opposite sex. Well. But that's not the only way the insects talk to each other or uh, the way that they find resources that they need. They also use sight, um, touch, uh, sound. All of the, in fact, sound will bring that up because uh, right now I think uh, the cicadas are probably uh, one of the big sounds that we all hear when we go outside and they're making this sound uh, to find a, a mate and it's actually the males that are making this sound to attract the females. Now, you you say beetles are among your favorites. Yes, and and flies. Well, they all. It really depends. I like them all. So, I mean, are you? Do you have screens on your windows? Uh, yes. Okay. So they're not completely welcome in your home. Um, you know, I've got. You're right. I mean, I I don't want to yeah. have all these you know mosquitoes in my house. I yeah. feed enough in my lab, so okay. yeah, I'll put the the screens up. Well, so describe your lab. Sure. Um, my lab, uh, I'm, I'm in Irvine Hall, um, and my lab has all kinds of insects, a lot of, of, of uh, baby insects. So we have a lot of larvae right now, and uh, I work with midges and mosquitoes. And so these guys will spend a month as, as larvae, as the, the worm part, the baby part, uh, before they close or emerge as an adult. So for the most part, I have a lot of babies. Uh, baby larvae, and a few uh, adults, cages of adults. Uh, now, how do you know if a larva is alive or dead? It, because it's just, describe well, the, what it looks like. Well, the midge larvae, they're going to be this bright red. In fact, the common name might be a bloodworm. Okay. So they're this bright, really pretty red, actually. And you know they're alive because they're going to be wiggling and moving at the bottom of the aquarium. Um, and then the same goes for the mosquito larvae. They're not that bright 
red pretty color they're kind of more of a brown color but they too will be wiggling and moving in the water column so they're they can move yes yes um they don't just appear as a speck and um unless they're resting i guess but um now how long is the period of that so just to, it really depends on temperature and, and a lot of different things, but for the most part, we could say they're going to be a larva for about a month. A month. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's see here. Now, what what kind of, uh, what what insect are we working on at the moment? Beetles? Uh, I do work do with beetles. Do beetles have larvae? <laughs> yes, they do. Okay. Um, I do work with beetles in Romania, but in the lab, I just have midges and mosquitoes. Midges. Yeah. And mosquitoes. Okay, so um, does the this go a different direction? I I don't know what a midge is. Okay, okay. Someone's calling my phone. Forgive me. It's a scam. Okay, um, a midge. Yeah, a midge fly closely re- resembles a mosquito. All right, but it's not going to have that that long mouth part that pierces our skin that that the mosquitoes use to drink our blood. So. The midges are only alive as an adult for a very short period of time, maybe um, for 24, 48 hours max. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But they really look very similar. Now, <clears throat> um. now, you might be really interested to know that, so I have these midges, uh, and when they emerge as an adult, they don't eat, they don't have mouth parts to eat, so they only, they're only looking for that romance, they're only looking to mate. Uh, and they die. And when they do this, the way that they find their mate uh, is by making these really gigantic swarms. And in fact, the bigger the swarm, uh, the sexier uh, the swarm to those females. <laughs> and so what these flies are going to do, um, they have thousands of, of male flies in the swarm and they're moving up and down. Uh, in fact, sometimes uh, when they emerge uh, in the wild, they can emerge in such large numbers uh, that we can see them on the Doppler uh, radar. We think it's a big storm, but in fact, it's just billions wow. of, mis- of of these midges. So these males are going to form a swarm above the water, uh, and the females hang out on the periphery until they see something they like. And once they see something they like, they're going to move through the swarm. Uh, it, the male like, will grab her. Is it, it, is it <laughs> something they like? Or, I mean, like... Yeah, something they they, like, they're looking for romance. They're looking for love. They're looking for a good. But I mean, mate. is it like, uh, oh, that one has good eyebrows, <laughs> you know, or something? No, you know. I mean, I don't understand why they can develop a romance. Uh huh. Like they're seeking for the right partner. They and are. Y- and yet, when you look at these, they all look alike. To us, yes. Yeah. To us, they look alike. But the females are looking for different. Uh, characteristics that might help their overall fitness or, or their offspring's fitness. And actually, you know, you, you bring up a really good point. So what they're really looking at, it's it's something that I call uh, wing beat, uh, flashing of, of wing beats. And so the way, what the females are really seeing here, this visual cue can be seen from a very a lo- huge distance, right? Uh, so they're looking for this. There's a lot of information encoded in these flashes of light that are reflecting off of the male wings. Mm. And so uh, the type of species of midge or mosquito or, or whatever the fly is is going to be in this uh, in this flashing wing beat frequency. Uh, and also information about sex, 
or experience. And so this is the kind of thing that they're looking for. But once they get into the swarm, uh, they use more sound frequency from the males buzzing around. Mm -hmm. And the male will grab her, uh, bring her down to the water to mate with her, uh, and then from there she can lay her eggs. And, but we're talking about something that only lives 24 hours? <laughs> That's right. For the, for the midges, they're only going to live 24, 48 hours. They don't even eat as an adult. Oh, they're just looking for uh, romance. They're going to mate, lay their eggs. Uh, and the egg period is, did we say 30 days? Or about so? 30 days, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Wow. And I should probably take a moment and really explain with this, uh, this flashing of light. So many species of fly use this, uh, what I call the flashing wing beat frequency. Uh, if you guys are familiar with your house fly, uh, that would be one of them. Mosquitoes are another. Fruit flies also use this flashing wing beat frequency. Uh, and what it is is as the the wing is rotating, as this um, fly is in flight, it's going to rotate. Uh, so as it does so, the light will reflect off of the kind of material that their wing is made from. You can kind of envision that uh, membranous type of material that can really reflect a lot of light. And so as they're moving, it doesn't matter where the fly is in space, uh, any conspecific or another species of, the, of, of, and dif of a different sex, the opposite sex, can see this flashing of light. Uh, but it's not something that we can see. So when I'm talking about flashes of light, I'm talking somewhere, for the midges, the males will flash their wings at 490 times per second. Uh, and so, and we're also talking at, at dawn and dusk, so it's really mute. It's not something that we can that we can see, uh, but the females and other flies of the same species or opposite sex can see this and count that fast. Not to uh, be disturbing or anything, <laughs> but it, are, are these um, uh, can if do they only have sex with one, or can there be multiple? Uh, well, the females, for the most part, they're only going to have sex with one male. They have what's called a spermatheca, uh, so they can store that sperm until they need it. Uh, the males are probably pretty content having sex with as many females that come through there. I <laughs> And we are talking about insects. Right? We are indeed I'm talking just, about insects. Just checking here. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay. So in this time of COVID, which is thankfully nearly over. Mm -hmm. um, you know, working from home, continuing your research, mm -hmm. all this sort of thing. Um, did I understand you took your insects home? I sure did, yeah. I brought all my insects home um, and set them up in my basement. Um, and so I had the humidifier, you know, going. We had these aquarium. We had uh, heaters going. It, it felt like a swamp. So I basically m brought home my insects and made my own swamp uh, in my basement. <laughs> I, I'm, I want to turn around. Tavi, what do you think of that? Was it, was it, uh, I mean, are you, do you get it? Are you watching these bugs any? Well, it did smell pretty horrible. <laughs> okay. It did or didn't, you say? It did. It did. Okay. And uh, because it's a swamp-like atmosphere, right? That's right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't very popular in my family. Yeah, I brought them <laughs> back as soon as, I, as soon as the university let us back on campus. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. 
Well, and speaking of interesting, so that's just you know the midges, uh, the mosquitoes. Um, you asked me what my lab looks like, mm-hmm. uh, but the mosquitoes they live much longer as an adult, and of course they need that blood meal. The females need that blood meal to uh, make their eggs. So you, how do you accommodate that? In the I was lab? waiting for you to ask me that. Yes, I stick my foot inside the cage and let them feed off of my ankle. No way. I do. You want to see the bites? I just did it the other day. Here. Okay. Turn around. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now, um, what do you do to prevent the, um, the lousy outcome of being bitten by a, a mosquito? Uh, there's nothing I do. I just... Um, you just put up with it. I just put up with it. Yeah, it's part of being a scientist. Yeah. I swear, people. My, I'm about ready to give up on these phones. But okay. I have to tell you what, getting permission... Uh, on campus to feed mosquitoes was really tricky. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I don't think who, who they quite the, knew who, how to handle the situation. Who was most concerned about that? Uh, well, lab safety mm-hmm. uh, was very concerned about it. So it took, um, you know, a lot of paperwork, protocol, talking to various people uh, before they approved uh, They approved me and, and one of my undergraduate researchers to st- to stick our appendages into the cage and feed our flies. Yeah. Oh, so you were even that uh, forthright com- with them, eh? Oh yeah. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's part of the safety protocol on campus, so we do, wanted to make sure we had their their do, approval and permission. Do mosquitoes um, prefer hairless animals? Um. You know, I don't know. I. I don't think that it matters to them. Yeah, okay. when they're hungry, it, it's uh, they're going to go for it. So you could have put um, any other animal in your lab for them to get their blood feast. Oh, I see where you're going with this. Yeah, you know, we could. In my past, we have used uh, guinea pigs and and shaved them. I see what you mean, uh, and shaved them so that they can access uh, Mm -hmm. for a blood meal. You know, but that's a lot more complicated because then you have to get um, approval to be able to use the animal, right, Iacook, right. and it's a lot more complicated. It's actually much easier just for us to go ahead and stick our arm or our, our foot in the cage and, and be done with it. I'm ashamed to admit what's going on at my house. My wife has become fascinated with mite, mites. Okay, yeah. And there are footage of doctors treating mites. That have gotten under your skin. Oh, okay. <laughs> and she's watching these procedures. Uh-huh. And, you know, I thought it might last a day or two. <clears throat> it, it's gone longer than that. Uh-huh. What, what, are you, have you ever seen the film I'm talking about? I'm afraid sort of? not. I, I don't okay. think I have. Uh, I don't I, know. Well, I'm afraid I should not have mentioned it. Okay. <laughs> and now, <clears throat> okay, here, here is something I've been here since 73. Mm -hmm. Um, 17 years ago, we had this incredible event with Mm -hmm. cicadas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there was a lot of talk over the last few months, this is the year again. Mm -hmm. It's every 17 years. I haven't seen one yet. I haven't heard one yet. Um, Now, as an entomologist, Mm -hmm. talk about yeah, well, here in Athens, we had horrors back in 2016. So we had just moved here when that 17-year uh, cicada came out. And that you're right, it was just incredible, uh, the number of cicadas. 
Uh, but the reason you haven't seen any yet is we're just not in the right region. Right now, the brood X, or the and they, they name them by region, oh. uh, the brood X or brood 10 is coming out. And that's going to be more Columbus, Cincinnati, uh, and regions further south. Uh, so that's why here in Athens we're still safe, <laughs> if you will. So it's going to be... Um now you say the last time Athens had them was what year? 2016. Oh, when you first arrived. Yeah, yeah. So we first arrived, that was the year, and so it won't be for another 17 years that we'll see uh, that Our type batch. of... Okay. Now, you're going to see other cicadas. There's seven-year cicadas. There's other cicadas, but they won't be emerging in quite the numbers that, we're, that we saw in 2016. Uh, but, you know, I know lots of people that, you know, want to see them, are looking forward to uh, experiencing the event. So some people are traveling to Columbus or Cincinnati just to just to have a look. Um, okay, I'm going to go a little different di- direction. Okay. Um, three days ago, I received a letter from AEP. Mm-hmm. And I lease some properties to AEP for their big towers, right? Mm-hmm. Where they use for two-way communication to their trucks that are repairing and installing and stuff, services. Now, they said, would you please be aware that we are going to be roaming um, the property we lease from you, plus adjacent out so many yards, Um we're doing a bat study. Okay. Okay. Now, what is a bat? I mean, I I know what it is, but is it a bird? Is it an insect? Is it you know what I mean? What is it? It's as, it's its own uh, group of of animals. A bat. Really? Yeah. Now, why do they? Why is AEP researching bats? Can you guess? <sighs> I'm. S- Geez, I really <laughs> think this might be outside of my wheelhouse. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> the only thing I could figure is that, you know, up on the top of the towers where the antennas are. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's a great place to choose to build uh, a nest, if that's the right term for what bats make. I don't know that bats make nests, but you. I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> but I'm fascinated, and I think I'm going to write back and say, I've already told you you may do it, but I'm curious why. Yeah, um, they are endangered, so that might be one thing they're curious about. I I couldn't answer that. But we why do does have... a power company care about bats unless it has some effect on their services? Now, you know, if this is something that intrigues you, we do have, uh, I have another colleague at the university in the Department of Biological Sciences, Dr. Joe Johnson. Now, he would be the person to ask that kind of a question. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Well. Um, now I can talk about the, the moths that the bats eat. <laughs> that, well, okay, let's do that. <laughs> okay. Moths. moths. Okay, so now we've already, so, so your favorite insect is mosquito and what was the other thing? Mites? I've been working with midges. Midges. Midge flies and uh, mosquito flies, yeah. Okay. And and for the life of me, I can't figure out why you're so fascinated with them as opposed to something else. There are so many choices when I think of all the different kinds of insects. Well, yeah. So, you know, you asked me what my favorite insects are, and it really depends, right? Sometimes I like them because they're beautiful. I like them because they're unique and intriguing. Um, 
But the reason that I choose to work with midges and mosquitoes, well, the midges, actually, it was uh, the Alum Creek Wastewater Treatment Plant that reached out to me back in 2019. Uh, they had a major uh, midge infestation inside their treatment plant. Mm. Um, and so you can kind of imagine that, that anybody in uh, the Columbus area, when you flush your toilet or water goes down the drain, it all ends up in this Alum wastewater Creek. treatment plant. Um, and so they have this this indoor treatment plant, so it's heated room, uh, all of the wastewater from the area coming into this area, uh, into this treatment plant. Mm -hmm. And so it's really made this perfect situation if you're a midge fly with plenty of waste. Uh, they eat this uh, decomposing uh, mm -hmm. material, this waste, uh, and of course, like I said, a heated building. Um, so it means that we they have hundreds and thousands, I can't, I can't even put a number on it, just so many midges that are emerging as adults every single day into this indoor area and so the, the the people the employees that are working there are breathing them in getting them in their eyes and nose and ears um, and so this can cause all kinds of health problems for the employees right. uh, but it also really damages a lot of the equipment uh, in the wastewater treatment uh, facility and they lose a lot of money that way hmm. and so they had reached out to me uh, to try to deal with their pest problem with this pestiferous midge fly um, but they of course couldn't use a lot of insecticides or larvicides because this uh, treatment plant this water eventually goes right back into uh, the watershed or back into our homes as drinking water so that was out of the question they needed a way to control uh, the population without using harmful insecticides now, okay so here's here's a utility company it's, even though it's city-owned. Mm -hmm. How did they learn about you? I mean, okay, so, you know, are, um, can you name four other midge experts in the world? <laughs> no, I couldn't. Okay, <laughs> so here your name popped up. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what happened was they actually reached out to my chair, uh, Dr. Bob Colvin, okay. uh, who then reached out uh, to me and um, and my colleague that I work with, Dr. Kelly Johnson. Yeah, yeah. And so I wouldn't say that I, previous to this, had worked with midges, although I have worked with a lot of flies, uh, and, I, and I talk to insects, and so... Um, a lot of what I do when I when I'm communicating with insects uh, can be used as a ecological friendly mode of, of manipulating and move new, moving insects for pest management um, in addition to conservation or other applied avenues or or just for curiosity's sake so for the city of Columbus mm -hmm. how did that all end up uh, like how, I said, how did you deal with it I mean did you did you give these these midges another place to be attracted to, to draw them away? Yeah, so that's exactly, I mentioned earlier, this flashing wingbeat frequency. And it turns out, you know, we were at the wastewater treatment plant. One of my students, uh, Mitch Duffner and I, we were at the wastewater treatment plant, and we noticed that when they were swarming, uh, they'd only do it when the lights were on. If we turned the lights off, the swarms dissipated. We turned the lights on, the swarm came back. Oh. Um, so what we did was we, uh, in collaboration actually with uh, Dr. Mark Lucas and Dr. Steinoff at the Department of our Physics and Astronomy Department, they helped us to build uh, what I lovingly call our LED swarm. And so there's, uh, it looks like uh, really fancy Christmas lights mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. that kind of mimic the swarm, uh, except for, you know, so they're, they're providing a very uh, important message. 
And so this LED swarm mimics the, the males, and they flash at 490 times uh, a second. Uh, and we found that if we use this, this will attract the female midges as well as the males that want to join the swarm. And so exactly, you're right, we can push uh, and manipulate the population to be attracted to this uh, swarm mimic, if you will, or this LED swarm by moving them out uh, this way. Uh, but I'm also working with, uh, as I said, uh, Dr. Kelly Johnson looking for, and I have another student uh, by the name of Wesley Walsh, uh, and we're working to find a different attractant in terms of uh, egg laying. Mm -hmm. So that LED swarm that I use, that's for, as I mentioned earlier, locating mates, romance, uh, love, that kind of thing, so we can attract insects in that direction. Uh, but Wesley and Dr. Uh, Kelly Johnson are helping me to look for an oviposition or egg-laying uh, attractant, so something that can attract the flies that have already mated but are now looking for a place to lay their eggs. And so using this kind of strategy, we can really manipulate and reduce that population in the uh, wastewater treatment plant. Okay, let's say I was a really lousy guy. Okay. And um, I say, um, Becca, Becca Brody, by golly, I've had enough of your insects. <laughs> I want you to take on another topic. Okay. What appeals to you? Oh, um, that is a good question because, you know, I really like all of it and I can, I find myself, anytime I, I've been given a project, I, I eventually, you know, really, really enjoy all of them. Um, but I, I look here at this, your CV again, yeah. and, and, you know, the hundreds of items you've written. Mm -hmm. and are in the process of doing more, mm -hmm. and in all of this, when do you find time to be Becca Brody? Oh, you're asking, so outside of entomology in my well, career. Yes, but I'm I going see. for both. Okay, well, the thing for me, um, working with insects or entomology, it's not just a career for me. It's a, it's a way of life. I mean, I just love all of it, and um, so I really wrap a lot of it up with being a mom i take my son out mothing looking for moths and he's <laughs> that's he's, cool he just looked up and smiled at me yeah, yeah. you know flipping rocks um doing all these kinds of things in fact you know we even bring them in the field um so we really weave in uh, and i say we because i'm also referring to my husband uh virel papascu we really weave in a lot of of our love for ecology uh, insects, wildlife, uh, into being parents and raising our son. Vera Papasco, that's a, a great name. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, wh how has that come about? Is he was he a um, U.S. citizen all along, or is no. he from somewhere else? He's from Romania originally. Okay. We met in grad school, um, but we actually do a lot of collaboration uh, mm -hmm. and work in Romania. He's there right now. Um, I actually have a project working with longhorn beetles in Romania, and this is, you know, we talked earlier about the different applications of my work. Uh, we talked about the wastewater treatment plant and how that's uh, pest management, but I also use the way that I talk to bugs and, and communicate with them for other things like conservation, and so uh, our project in Romania um, is a EU life project working with um, University of Bucharest and other non-for-profits uh, conserving 
uh, saprocilic beetles like longhorn beetles. Um, I, I'm stuck on talking to bugs. So, uh, <laughs> okay, do do um, do they have accents? No. So these beetles. Remember, I mentioned earlier my favorite. I mean, insect. if they're from different parts of the world, do they have different different pheromones? No accents. Accents in speaking to them. Yeah, no, when I'm speaking with these ones, I'm using those pheromones. I'm using okay. that chemistry. Okay. Do they have, um... oh, mercy, this is so weird and so cool, <laughs> you know? It is weird. Um, I'm just fascinated with this. Now, you know, is is this, is there some hidden part of you that, there's another interest area that you'd love to pursue, but you're just so well known for this one that you're really not allowed to try something do new and different. No, I don't. I don't think that's ever been a problem. I've, okay. I've, I've always, yeah, I've got great collaborators, great uh, colleagues at the university. I've never had any time I started something new. I've always been supported. Um, this is almost yeah. a hobby for. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, right now I'm working in the, the lab. I've got 10 undergraduate students that uh, I'm working with that uh, they come in. Some of them are actually working from home. Some of them do come into the lab. Uh, but you're right, it is a hobby. Uh, you know, in the summertime, I'm not paid uh, for the work that I do. I just really love it. I love no. doing the research, no. asking questions, finding answers, and then working with our, our students at Ohio University. So, Well, um so some of the students you've had have gone on to do what that uh, you're proud of? Oh, one of my students, um, Aiden Wilson, she currently works at Scott's The miracle Grow Company. Okay. Um, and I think she just recently told me she got promoted, uh, and she actually conducts her own experiments uh, at the moment. So she's really pleased with how that, that came about. So, you know, when I think of Scott's, of course, I think of grass. Right. and um, foliage and that sort of thing and and the different things they do so your yard looks better mm -hmm. or that mm -hmm. sort of thing but but it also has to some degree um, harmful insects to that that's right yeah so um, here's somebody that uh, maybe is actually uh, hurting a few insects right yeah I think she so she actually graduated from OU with a plant biology degree and when she was working with me we worked on a project uh, looking at pollinators so at Scott's miracle Grow company she's working on various I think soils and, and different ways to make your yard pretty making those plants and flowers so she doesn't work on the the insect part at Scott's is there um, <coughs> Athens is known for some rather interesting unique things hmm. um, just like the, we have um, Oh, the master gardeners. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Is there a group that just enjoys insects so much that they get together and go prowling? Uh, well, there is. I don't think that there's a, a prowling insect group that I'm aware of, but they, we do have the Athens Beekeeper Association. Okay, so um, Paul and... Uh, Paul Newman, that's right. No, 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 no. Oh. Uh, Paul Friedman okay. owns uh, Dutch Creek Winery, right? I don't know him, but I, I am familiar. Well, I'll have to make you okay. get to know him. <laughs> okay. But bees are their fascination, right? Okay. And they make mead. 
and uh, mm-hmm. Paul Friedman's actually the city planner for the Columbus. Mm-hmm. He's got a high position, but this is their sideline dream, right? Mm-hmm. He and his wife. Um, anyway, I've lost my line of thought here. The the the, 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 the so do you um, so are, is there a group who likes to go out and explore insects, and and the general public's welcome. I can't think of a specific group, okay. but if you want to go out and explore insects, we do have uh, lots of various ways that you, you can do. There's a lot of trails uh, in Athens. Uh, one in particular that I'm thinking of, um, Map Athens. It's uh, part of the Ridges Museum mm-hmm. that's up at the Ridges Complex, uh, and you can go on a trail walk there. Um, they have uh, wildflowers and actually a wild bee uh, house, so mm-hmm. you can go and have a look at that. But uh, I built a, uh, or I, I'm in collaboration with Dr. Nancy Stevens, I made a uh, bug tour, if you will, uh, and that's on the map Athens. So you can take that bug tour, and they'll take you all the way around the ridges and different places looking at um, various insects that's in the area. Did your parents ever say, Becca, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> no, they never did. No. No, but my mom wouldn't let me keep the bugs in the house. Yeah, well. Yeah, so that's one thing that was a little awkward. I had to keep them in the garage. But now that I'm a mom myself, I let my son bring insects into the house. That's okay. What's your favorite back there, Tommy? Insects. Yeah. Um. <coughs> Can't think of one right now. That's all right. I really like longhorn beetles. Longhorn beetles. And luna moths are, and moths are also interesting. Okay, now where am I going to find either of those? Well, hmm, longhorn beetles, I don't really know exactly how to find them. Mm-hmm. But if you want to find very pretty moths and bigger moths, try to get a black light and just like kind of hang it out outside. And all the moths will come swarming to it. I've caught a few really big luna moths and emperor moths. Yeah. I think that's what they're called. Okay, so that that reminds me of a question I, that came to me earlier. When you were talking about the Columbus system and the mites. I'm sorry, the not mites. The midges. Midges, thanks. Yeah. Uh, Alum Creek water treatment mm-hmm. system. Um, what if you turned on all amber lights or all purple lights? Is there is there something, or is it the full light spectrum that works for them? You know, is, is there a way you could have uh, lessened their interest in each other just by changing the color of light? Well, one thing that the wastewater treatment plant does is just turn off the lights completely. That uh-huh. way that they're, they're not making this uh, flashing wing beat frequency so that they can't find mates. And that does seem to help reduce the population. Well, uh, of course, Tavi has mentioned of turning on a black light to yeah. attract moths. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what reminded me of that yeah. previous question. Well, what do you think we've missed saying here today? We've got uh, two minutes left. Okay. What What would you like to end up with? Oh, that is a good question. Um, you know, just to stay curious, stay interested in insects. You know, and I think that oftentimes we're afraid. Uh, of the insects, uh, and we just teach uh, our youth and and our and everyone around us to also be afraid. But there's nothing to be afraid of. 
Uh, they're really cool. I mean, insects are just so great. If you, I mean, for crying out loud, they're smelling with these antenna. They're tasting with their feet. Uh, they're just curious and intriguing, and we should keep an, an open mind. One thing I'll tell people, I am on Twitter, um, so you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is Bugs with Becca. And if you see something that intrigues you or you're interested in learning about, uh, you can take a picture and uh, just attach my handle, maybe even the hashtag Ohio Insects, and I'd be happy to reply to you, let you know what you got, uh, and tell you a little bit about it. And for the third time, my phone is rung today. Um, I can't figure out how to silence it during certain hours. Okay. Um, well, listen, uh, let's go turn some rocks together. Sometime, okay. All okay? right. Let's do it. I, I'm, um, I'm intrigued. We can turn some rocks. As, as Tavi suggested, we can put out a UV lamp, and, and we'll see what we get. Becca Brody. Becca Sue Brody. And... Um, is there a hidden thing that you've never done that you want to do yet? Like, uh, uh, I, I, I'm talking professionally speaking. I oh, mean, professional speaking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'm really lucky. I've done a okay. lot of really cool things. So professionally, I can't. What's the weirdest traveling places you've gone for insects? Oh, for insects? Um, that is a good question. We've been collecting in Costa Rica. You know, I lived in Fiji for a, a couple of years when I was in the Peace Corps, and they had some really great insects. Oh, out there. Peace Corps! Yeah. I didn't know that connection. Yeah, we have many mutual topics there. We could have gone into. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, well, listen, Beck, it's a pleasure to have you in. Um, if you think of something down the road that we missed that we should have brought up, get a hold of me, and we'll do it some more. All right, thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, tomorrow Friday, a free for all as is customary. Okay. Bye, Tommy. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 9.